Welcome to the Abstract Doctors Podcast. Today, Dr. G and Dr. C speak with author and CMO of The Mood Factory, Katherine Getsky. For more information on Katherine, please visit katherinegetsky.com or hopefulcities.org. Visit the Abstract Doctors for information and upcoming podcasts. The Abstract Doctors Podcast. The doctors are in. Open up your mind and say ah. Welcome to the Abstract Doctors. Um, Today we have a guest, Dave. Uh, As you'd like to know, uh, I like to give a little preamble as to why they're a guest. Um, You know, this podcast is about creativity and brain health. And we see so many people in our clinics that are hopeless and helpless. And, uh, you know, we're both, uh, I think, wordsmiths. I just have problems putting them in order uh, and spelling them correctly. But I love words. And I like to figure out what it is, what is the the target? And I'm not going to give you the short version. I do not believe optimism is is really the right word because it's bias, right? right? I'm optimistic. I'm healthy. I don't need a vaccine. Mm. All right. I don't believe it's positivity. I don't believe it's working towards happiness. He's building up to it. I believe. uh, And if you look at, wait, if you look at the placebo analgesia data uh, and science, uh, we know it's healthy. Um, And as if I would encourage you to look at Catherine Getsky, our guest's uh, LinkedIn page. She puts on there that uh, one of the primary indicators of suicide is hopelessness. So if uh, you want to understand placebo uh, research and you're a layperson, I really think it's hope. And and it, it, it really is hope. And how and in, in, we have so many different ways we guide hope in healthcare, and a lot of it I don't believe is legitimate, and sometimes borders on ethical, unethical. So it has to be ethical hope. So I finally landed on what is ethical hope? It's not a knife, needle, electrode, pill, institution, ivory tower, or a white coat. Yeah, it is a, a process. So it's not as uh, that's better wording than hope is a curriculum. Uh, but Catherine has a curriculum for hope. And I would like to learn today uh, if creativity is part of that. I'd like to learn a little bit about her story, how uh, she landed on the word and the, and the goal of hope. And, you know, my clinic process is autonomic rehabilitation. That's my process in the clinic for hope. Catherine has one for actual cities and is uh, applying this, uh, I believe, in Reno now. And who knows, maybe coastal Virginia and uh, Richmond could benefit from her wisdom and experience, Dave. I, I, I'm excited to hear this. I think, you know, Richmond and Reno, they, they start with the same letter. We don't have, you know, we don't have gambling. But other than that, I think there's a lot of similarities. So we don't. But, well, we do, but not, not at the level of Reno. I've been to Reno. <laughs> yeah, that is outright. Yeah, yeah, flagrant. But but yeah. anyway, Catherine, I'm excited to hear about it. T- t- tell us a little bit about yourself and about your story, and we'll do our best not to interrupt. But we'll, uh, <laughs> okay, 
That's okay, interrupt away. No, it's so great to be here and I'm excited to be talking to you guys about my favorite subject now, hope, which stemmed from a lot of hopelessness and a great deal of understanding on hopelessness. But um, I, I started with a company, I launched a nonprofit for mental health and got very um, involved in the global mental health community from a rebranding mental health standpoint. And when I got my company's product line Lowe's Home Improvement and I raised some money for mental health, I wanted to look at kind of a programmatic solution for specifically suicide. So how do we really prevent suicide? I noticed a lot of the programs were intervening at time of crisis. And so I looked at the literature and hopelessness is really the single key consistent predictor of suicide across the board. Um, and hopelessness was defined uh, by Abramson. I like this definition of a sense of helplessness and a feeling of despair. So there's an emotional component and there's a motivational component of hopelessness. And so that really started my journey of hope because I said, well, if we know this is what hopelessness is, why aren't we teaching how to get from hopelessness to hope? And so that is where it all began. Cool. And, and, and uh, can you take us to the present and talk about what, what, what this curriculum is and, and how you're looking to, in, to set it up, I guess, in communities or in cities? This is cool. Yeah, absolutely. So it started there. We started with 10 lessons. I wanted to focus on a specific population so we could get some evidence around the curriculum. Huh? So there's, there's a hope scale. There's a Snyder hope scale, a way to measure hope that's been validated and has all kinds of positive outcomes associated with it. So it's predictive of how well you'll do in school more so than your iq it's predicted predictive of your athletic performance more so than ability so it has all kinds of outcome measures that they done so we started with 10 lessons we focused on the 7 to 10 age range because of the high rate of depression anxiety that start appearing right around 11 or 12. Um, and so we've done research all over the world on those 10 lessons. We moved to 12 and we just last year launched 16 lessons around hope, the science of hope. What is hope? How do you grow hope? How do you get from despair or even identify what despair is to those positive feelings? And how do you get from helplessness to inspired action? So we teach about setting smart goals, um, how to create a network for hope. Yes, creativity is actually is absolutely a part of it because we teach kids about the lower brain and the upper brain and that you can't be in the lower brain and the upper brain at the same time. The lower brain is where you're angry, frustrated and all of that. And the upper brain is where you're creative, collaborative, problem solving. Um, so we created this program for young kids and now um, we're, yes, implementing throughout Reno. So I've created a 10 day hope challenge where we teach the science of hope over 10 days. Um, we have yard signs, billboards, we're creating a team program, taking those 16 lessons and adopting for the team age range. Um, and then we're doing a college age program. So the idea is to get people identifying what hopelessness is. So hopelessness is predictive of addiction, um, yeah. self-harm, abuse, violence, you know, all of those things. And again, it's teachable so you can, always get from that despair to feeling better and from that helplessness to action. And you're not promising anything. Uh, so, so you want to be able to speak strongly without promising things that, that aren't possible. I'm, I'm not saying you're going to be happy at the end of this process. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying, right, you'll know what it takes 
which the first thing is like really identifying your stress response and your emotions. So if you've been running from anger or pain your whole life, you're going to have to get deep into that pain and feel it and release it. So it's just really about learning to be present with what is. And it's so, so uh, to, to simplify it for me, so you're, 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 you've created a, a toolbox of, yes. of, of things that can be brought to a, a range of, of, of young folks. And you started the younger age and you're building up. And so you, you each of these lessons say, give them one or two tools or, a, or maybe build on a set of tools. <clears throat> and are you finding that once you've taught or ingrained or shared these tools that, that, that folks are then applying them fairly consistently in building or are you having to kind of give a you know uh, give a new set of lessons every six months or are you seeing it being incorporated into their lives in general yeah that's a great question so with the young kids they seem to incorporate it very easily under the age of 10 um, and just start practicing it and becomes very habitual for older than that it's a process like yeah. to teach myself hope it's like an on yeah. going daily struggle to get from you know and practicing or repracticing so it's um yeah it's a challenge our team as we develop the team program it's going to be created for like four teens but by teens so they're going to come up with a model of how they teach each other about hope we'll give them the content right. um but we know that's a hard age range so are you incorporating before ron talks about wearable technology which might be a very good way to give them positive feedback we're going to get there we always do don't worry yeah before yeah. we do are you yeah. also incorporating family and peers and and neighbors and, in this and before and before the dad or the mom make them win every tennis tournament or wrestling yeah. tournament or they're not a good person yeah I know. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very interesting, we've given that discussion all the time. So we have parents, guides, you know, hopeful language at home, how to incorporate hope. Cool. It's really up to, you know, the parents to look at that and live that. So a lot of it, I mean, my belief is we need to empower the kids with these tools and understanding success isn't reaching a destination. It's your journey. It's how you're treating yourself and other people. I mean, these are key things we know that we're teaching kids and they're integrating and understanding and they're starting to see, you know, my parents, they're in their downstairs brain right now, you know, so they can start to kind of identify that in the family system. And there's often not a lot of control that the kids have or that we have over getting the parents involved. So it's much better if we can, and they do, and yet we understand that that might not be the case. And so, like I guess at the very least, you're, you're preparing these 10, 11 year olds, now the teens, to be good parents who can then instill hope in the next. I mean, I hate to be that that pessimistic about yeah. it, about it, but that's certainly you know because certainly uh, Ron and I have certainly seen parents that have kind of d derailed a lot of good efforts that 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 we've put, others have put in. Um, so that, that's this great stuff. Well, well a, a nice transition to something that that Dr. Garbo loves to talk about, and 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 he should. Uh, but I'm going to bring up too as well is is giving people very positive feedback or very direct, immediate feedback that can kind of, you know when they're doing something hopeful and something you've taught them and implying the skills, or if their parents are giving them some sort of a feedback. You know, other than a hug and a kiss and a smile, that's a, those are unbelievably cool feedbacks. Uh, but but you know, to, to kind of 
you know, keep it in the, in the, in the next generation futuristic stuff. I, have you looked at kind of some of the wearable th technologies that will kind of, I, I, I can see your aura ring, yes, and someone's got a, a, a the whoop on, but, but are you, yeah. Are you using that with, with, with some of the kids and parents so that they can see, not only do I feel better, but I actually am better, which is really the same thing, I know, but my heart is beating more smoothly, my, my, my synchrony between my systems is better? Yeah, so we haven't incorporated the actual wearables yet, but what we yeah. have incorporated is the research around HRV and heart rate variability, nice. teaching the kids the power of heart rate variability and how the breathing and calming down impacts and improves HRV and how that just affects everything. So, yeah, like we definitely... Butter. That's, like butter. That's nice. That's... <laughs> well, I, 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 I've said several times on these podcasts, we really need to stop with all this research because this stuff works, right? I mean, like, like you know, this is not like, this isn't like the J&J &J vaccine. Does it have some weed? Which, by the way, it's fine, and people should just use it. But, but, but really, like, like this is the tenant of happiness and love, right? Wellness, right? I mean, what you're talking about. These are the tools of of healthy you know, interactions and life. And, you know, so separating the limbic brain from the frontal lobe executive function or blending them, right? You know, I mean, you know, God, Ron. So, so Catherine and I know each other through a mutual friend uh, who has a wearable device. It's FDA approved ECG. It goes on to the chest and um, it vibrates. It vibrates when your HRV is powering down and so with her curriculum i'm sure that's a trigger to say you're susceptible you know for the fight flight or freeze limited choices because you're under threat so you want you want a select number of of choices so so it cues you and it cues you to to maybe do your breathing before you speak or act and it takes off the table I'm a bad person. I'm a weak person. It just says I'm in the wrong part of my brain. Mm. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm a research person. So I'm happy doing research and I hope you get lots of grins and everybody loves it and make money on this. But, you know, this stuff is the real deal, you know, and is, is the hard work that nobody wants to do. You know, give me a pill give me a surgery, give me some kind of electrical stimulation in my brain, some noise like that. You know, I mean, this stuff absolutely works, you know, and, and, and I, I'm, and what we need to do is forget how to get the word out. And if it takes the mm -hmm. NIH seal of approval or the FDA approval, I, I, that's fine. I just, I just hate to see people say, well, you know, your power analyses were a little bit low. And so I'm not sure if that's a good enough study. I'm like, come on, this has to work. <laughs> But the key is, is is durability of outcomes, meaning we got to keep. You know, that's why I asked about the parents and the community engagement, and you know, and also about yeah. the positive feedback loops because you know these things will work when you're doing them, and and continue to do them, and when you build them into practice, you know, yeah. into your lifestyle and into stressful situations, and hopefully into a lot of creative situations. And, and if you have buy-in from the mayor, right, that helps. I mean, that, that that breaks away a lot. If a parent is as opposed to the mayor's stance, you know, it's an easier sell when you say the mayor's on our side. Is the mayor of Reno on your side? 
Mayor Brino's on our side. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like the Wizard of Oz, that guy who had the key or something. Right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's more, Dr. Belfer is more like that. So he's my advisor. He's really oh, wonderful. Very cool. um, but yeah, and a lot of people think, how does HRV relate to hope? You know, what's the, but it's so important. And, and understanding heart rate variability and how to manage that system um, is yeah. just. Yeah, manage. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, manage your body, and then you got a shot at your brain, uh, yeah. making the right choice. Uh, yeah. Catherine, um, you know, you live through something very hopeless, uh, and some people, you know, struggle to see hope. Um, I I'm fortunate. Uh, my father uh, passed away two, three years ago. Um, I had, you know. 50 some years of this fantastic man in my life to guide me. Um, other people didn't get that gift. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you found hope? Yeah, so I had a really wonderful relationship with my dad. He was a retail banker and such an amazing human being. And But he struggled a lot with his mental health and he struggled with managing his stress response, which you know we identify as the first key to hope for that reason. Um, but he would get activated and get very rageful. Um, and when I was 18, he died by suicide. Um, I was a freshman in college and just really traumatic. You know, I had PTSD and I had addictions from even much younger, um, just in dealing with a lot of the stress and trauma at home and, you know, trying to help and save my dad and fix him and get him happy. And, you know, so much of it was physiological. I could see that, but I didn't know what to do. And we didn't have a lot of the information that we do now um, and the insights. And so, yeah, I knew when I started my, well, I knew when I started my brand, hopefully, um, I wanted to give back for mental health and, and, and really understand and contribute in a deeper level just to kind of honor him and, and the loss of him. And I was hopeless for a long time because I was fixated on wanting my dad back and wanting to bring him back and, you know, wanting a dad there. And when I finally really let go of that, um, because that is, you know, when we're attached to things that are out of our control, that leads to a lot of hopelessness and continual hopelessness. So I had to focus on finding other father-like figures in my life that could kind of fill that role and let go of him being around and just do, you know, take what I learned from my experiences with him and use it in service to others. Um, that's powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Was there... A was there a turning point, a moment where uh, where you knew that you were going, this was going to be your, I assume this is your life's work now, <laughs> uh, when, when you yeah. said, uh, this is this is now my purpose? Yeah. Yeah. I think when I started, so I started my company and my brand, and, and I was looking to donate to a nonprofit in mental health. Um, and I found the branding around mental health to be so depressing. <laughs> like it was just, you know, people were in their corners. And, and I remember visiting my dad in the hospital and, and he is a very successful retail banker and he was around very, you know, very, very sick people and they didn't have treatment facilities like they do now. Um, but I just felt it, you know, I couldn't relate to what they were branding from a mental health perspective. And I learned that less than 25% of people with depression and anxiety, the two most common mental health um, disorders, were getting treatment primarily due to stigma. 
And to me, I really saw that as just kind of a negative brand, um, a lack of understanding, a lack of information. And so that's what I focused on doing. And when I, I said, all right, I'm going to start my own nonprofit and I'm going to start on this mission to help change the conversation, get celebrities engaged, start talking about the biology of the brain and behavior and that connection. I mean, what the work you all are doing is so important to ending stigma because it isn't just a decision or a choice I'm going to make to be depressed. I mean, and it isn't just um, the biology, it's a combination and it's a constant kind of interplay of them both. And you really have to understand both of them to make change. I also think uh, to uh, to uh, the point that you're doing, trying to create an entire community of wellness and, and hope is, you know, if we keep doing incidental health care, mental health or otherwise, you know, when someone starts to flare or some signal goes off that we suddenly dive in and do some workup and then yeah. put them into some program, we're going to keep failing. You know, I mean, that's, I that isn't how you get sustainability. It, it isn't how you build resilience resiliency and hope it, it's really how you suddenly make it seem like there's this great abnormality going on in this person and you know they were otherwise perfectly fine but then something <laughs> happened and i'm like that really does not talk about mental health issues that doesn't talk about cardiovascular disease doesn't talk about wellness you know it really is every day of your life the same factors are there. And, and we have to figure out on those great days, how do we build robustness into how we're feeling and how do we bring creativity into that day to fill our brains and clear them up and our, get our HRV sinking? Because it's going to be bad days, whether it's brain or whether it's the anniversary of a death or whether it's some hormonal thing or, God forbid, neurotransmitters that we're making up anyway. How, you know, is it something that's imbalanced? That may happen. You know, that's life. It's the ocean. It ebbs and flows. But when you have got a robust coastline, you've got a robust you know, program in place, they're going to just be days that maybe you're a little bit off. And you can kind of say, I got to go into my well of, of my well of wellness, my wellness, and kind of, you know, kind of uh, uh, pull up a bucket and, and bathe my, my, my stressors and get rid of that. I mean, that's what we and we are. That's not what we do in this country. It is what they do in Asia. You know where they do have mental health of a different type, but uh, issues. But but the, every day they're meditating and remembering their ancestors and celebrating family and, and and every day of their lives. Europe's not quite as good, but they do it too. America is the pit of 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 this. And you know all we want to do is actually we're actually hoping. And Dr. Garbo and I are sitting around her offices or clinics hoping that somebody has a flare of problems so that we can see them because really when they're well and they come in and they just want to talk to me or, or get something checked I, i'm like yeah i don't i'm a doctor i don't know how to help you i'm like you're doing well. <laughs> that isn't true of the two of us but that is a common problem the patient's like yeah. well i'm here to see you sir doctor and i'm like well you're doing great everything's fantastic what, what are we going to talk about now that we use that opportunity to, you know, to give them additional resources, resiliency. And again, to stress now is the time to really dive into something you love to build up, you know, you know, your, 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 uh, your, your frontal lobes with joy and your, your parasympathetic health. Yes. The, your, your PSA. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, that sucker up. No, that, but th that is what, what 
you're talking about, you know, yeah. you know, and I, it's sad that it only, you know, uh, gets looked at because of the crisis of suicidal ideation and suicide. And you I, know, know. I, I know that's something we have to, you know, work on and help with. And, and I, I involved in some research in that space. I'm like, this is chasing a tail. I, I, I actually believe these wearable devices, once they're fully incorporated, will prevent a lot of suicides we never know about. Yep. In other words, yeah. we're going to catch them three weeks before that moment yeah. when we start to see bad numbers for four days in a row um, and there'll be an intervention and we won't know we, we prevented a suicide two weeks down the road, but fantastic. Yeah. The numbers will go down. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah. Like yeah. 20 years ago, we had, we had uh, uh, wearables. We didn't know it. They were called, a service dog. We had dogs that could predict seizures and dogs that could predict earthquakes and dogs that could help us when we were starting to get weird diabetic symptoms. You know, and now we've overplayed that. Now people have dogs like like just to, to predict that there's going to be a dog next to them. But 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 that concept was there, you know, that they sense something. And now perhaps we figured it out. And you know, we're starting to see when you're getting a little bit off kilter. Um, and, and, you know, so I think, I think this is what we have to do and go to, I'm a little, um, interested though, in the mountain, in the financial model, which is sad because I don't actually care about finances as much, but you know, your dad was a retail banker. You've got a company that needs to somehow fuel it and grow yeah. this. Even if you're giving all the money back to the best things in the world. So, so how do you fuel this how are we currently paying for it until the wonderful biden healthcare system is going to take it over and and and, and reimburse this and pay for it? <laughs> yeah that's a great question so i've been so obsessed with hope over the last so last year i rewrote the curriculum so i like i did that myself um the company funded it until the company I didn't do the light bulb line anymore. So now I have a scent line based on how smells affect your moods. I have an app that I'm working on um, with, that uses camera HRV to try to really popularize HRV and get people understanding it and understanding also the stress response, but they're not launched yet. So we'll see kind of how that goes. Um, I'm getting support for the curriculum through Sutter Health. Anthem gave us support for the city of Reno to help operationalize throughout the city of Reno, but it's our curriculum is free. Anyone can download it. So my commitment, which has been a challenge in and of itself is to make hope free. I really believe that understanding the power of hope and the science of hope is so key and fundamental to everything we do. Um, and it's hopelessness is very high in inner city populations and also in the LGBTQ community. And those are vulnerable populations that may not have resources so my aim is to keep hope free and then to get my company moving again to get investors so any of you investors listening that want to yeah well, well, <laughs> well along that line have you ever looked at a hope subscription box where every oh that's month, a good idea look at yeah. where, 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 where every month they've got a theme yeah and with that they've got something they got to go to on your on your app they get a box that's full of things that help with creativity right. and with wellness, but it's all tied in with it. your lessons, you know, yeah. and for 25 bucks a month recurring charge. But if you buy all 12, you get 10% <laughs> off. They can actually kind of get all 12 steps built yeah. into each year and it's recurring. Yeah. They have a little tangible takeaway that maybe he's got some aromatherapy or it's got a, 
a ma magical ball that changes colors or they've got a journaling book or they've got some clay so that they can be, you know, uh, um, creating something. But that's all linked or the, and they can write. Flow. And, and, and that can all be linked in with the lessons you've spoken with with apps and then you know and, and obviously there's the higher level subscription box to generate even more coin where they can access an expert in their area or they can be they can get they can get free at, at, at attendance at a at a hope group session that's near them you know i mean this, I this love is the that. you want to build because people still like the community they like little they want to wear the hope wear and, you know, little wear things and they want to be branded, you know, but as long yeah. as you're doing it, A, you're getting them better. You're building wellness through creativity yeah. and inspiration. But, but, and then you're also saying we're giving 10 per, or 25% for every hope box you get an inner city child gets one or, or a person who's in the LGBT community get whatever you want to give and get hope. Is that what you're saying? I think so. I love <laughs> that. Yes. And 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 and, and uh, Kevin, does hope is it an acronym or is it just the word hope? No, it's just the word hope. A lot of people have created a million acronyms, but sure. I'm like, yeah, I'm all yeah. about the word. Is the word hope is enough to start? Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that idea. Yeah, but 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 really, I mean, if you want to monetize yeah. this, because yeah. you know, like, yeah, uh, even if you're a not for profit, you still need you know. And, no, and, I know. And all of these things are things that the the people that are going to give to this and are going to write you the check, support it. You know, the, these the, this the concept that you have this quote product line and these tangibles. Um, really kind of say, this is more than just the coolest idea and most inspirational thing ever. This is a right. lifestyle brand, right? That yeah. we're talking about, you know, and so yeah. it kind of should go, and you could have hope retreats. So you just need retreat locations where you could kind of bring people together and do this, you know? I mean, that's, you know, because I, I, I would love something like this to happen, you know, yeah. and Ron and I are happy to help, you know. Be hope ambassadors. I yeah. love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But 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 yeah. I do think, Great idea. you know, I do think like a, the, the tangibles and really giving people yeah. stuff to work on. Because creativity can be just singing and talking stuff. But when they have, you know, even a little musical instrument, a little Jews harp, they can click on and kind of be making music or a little, you know, a little, um, um, uh, recorder or something, because I really think those things are what I motivate. I think in stimulating the senses, if we want to help the limbic system to kind of feel better about itself, give it a little really kind of uh, uh, basic stimulation that way is a cool thing as well. Just, you know. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Stuff, stuff I love to be that. Thinking about that would be helpful because I want this to succeed. And we would love the to be a hope, a hope center too, or we want it to be hopeful. You know, yeah. Too time, so. yeah, that's cool stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, let's let's make it happen. Though. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. great. Oh. Good, good. And 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 Catherine, for people that want to learn more, I know that Ron said it's linked uh, to this, but but can you just tell us a little bit about how they would navigate your either your website or your app? Just give us a little bit of a feel for it, so they feel like they're at home when they go to it. <laughs> Yeah, so all of our stuff right now is at hopefulcities.org. That's where you can order yard signs. You can put up a yard sign for Hope so that when people see Hopeful Cities, you can get take the challenge for Hope. May 10th, we're launching a 10-day Hope Challenge where we teach you Hope over 10 days. 
um, kind of the science of hope. Uh, we have access to our curriculum, so we can go to Hopeful Minds and download all of the free curriculums and parents' guides and all of those things. Um, it has workplace posters, so we have five keys to hope that we've talked a little bit about, but the stress response, identifying that, and then practicing happiness habits, staying our upstairs brain, which you talked a lot about, that's where creativity and all of those things lie. Um, setting SMART goals, um, and then creating a network for hope and overcome your thinking challenges. So those are the five keys to hope that we talk about. We have posters and ideas for each of those. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefulcities.org, but all our stuff right now is free. And yeah, I mean, look, look out next month for when we'll have the subscription box set up. There we and go. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I let, let's monetize. I love that. No, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, on each lesson. So good. Yeah. So because it's true and we want to get more people activated. Yeah, and um, I love the idea of giving one box to, you know, kind of the Tom's well, I, I think I stole it from those Tom shoes. I don't think I, I came know. up with that one. It's okay. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. good. It's yeah. a good model. I haven't had an original idea in, in years, but, it, but it's pretty exciting. <laughs> It's great stuff. I certainly look forward to seeing whatever research you're putting out. I have no doubt yeah. it's going to work. You know, like yeah. there's nothing not to work about it. The, the one thing I have to say, because I'm in, I'm in, the, I'm in the field of, of veteran healthcare, is one thing that's been shown consistently in terms of preventing suicides. Now, I think building hope and building the resiliency and, and you're doing it right is going to not even take us to the point of suicidal ideation. But one thing that they've found consistently uh, and that folks can, who are listening to this can do right now is access to lethal means has been consistently shown to be the thing that puts folks over the top. It has nothing yeah. to do with building hope and resiliency and preventing it. But if folks get to that level, often they are not thinking as clearly as perhaps we are right now as we're talking. And so if they have easy and rapid and inexpensive access to means, whether that's a bottle of pills, whether that's, God forbid, in this country, a gun, what, you know, whether that's you know, some other mechanism that, that, that probably, if you're thinking about it, well, this person shouldn't easily be able to access that or should at least have to go through some steps because those steps, as you know, guys, have been shown to prevent the suicide. Because when you have another step, you may say, hey, let me turn to my, my hope journal and let me write these things down. Let me turn to my hope creativity lesson. And or ambassador. Ambassador. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. let me take it down to the, let me actually bring it up to, I guess, my frontal lobes and, and leave my limbic system aside. You know, let me yeah. get my parasympathetic health, parasympathetic health back in line and synergize. So, so just folks are listening yes. to this, be, you know, A, go to Catherine's website. Let's get the subscription box. Let's start doing the work that this takes. Parents, yeah. parents, listen to your kids. <laughs> Help them have hope because they're yeah. the, they are the generation. You know what? The next one, they're the, they're the generation. Uh, it's really important. But but also, let's just make sure we're doing the short term things that will keep people around so they can take advantage of this stuff. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to the day too when we stop 
thinking about suicidal ideations as that, and but instead reframe it to what am I feeling hopeless about? Like, yeah. what am I hopeless about right now? Because I personally have suicidal ideations. I think I may always from just my history and my family yeah. history, but it's, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to die. That's not what happens. Yeah, what am I hopeless about? Yeah. And how can I start solving for the despair that I'm right. feeling? And then that helplessness that I'm feeling. Excellent. And then move in that. It just, it changes everything. It brings the power back to us instead of leaving it in those, you know, unsolvable thoughts. But yeah, restricting access to means so key and so important and a proven method. Um, and and I, I've, you know, hope is a known protective factor for anxiety and depression. So the more hope you are, the less like more hopeful, less likely to have anxiety and depression. And yet the awesome news too, is that your anxiety and depression don't predict your future levels of hope. So if you practice your hope skills, you can improve them just because you're anxious or depressed now doesn't mean you have a lifetime worth of anxiety and depression. Well, okay, Catherine, let me just finish with one, one thought because my, my wife has just opened up your website and it talks about sunflowers. We have, we have several sunflower gardens on our roof and in our backyard. We, we, she lives for sunflowers. So yeah, so we're all about that. There's nothing like seeing a sunflower. And, oh, look at the beautiful sunflower pictures I'm looking at. So, everybody, everybody go to Hope, Hope, Hopeful, what is it, Hope Cities? Hopefulcities.org and plant your sunflowers and get a subscription box and download the app and let's make it happen. So that's awesome. Thank you for joining. I love it. Ron. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Hope to have you back. Have a great day. Thank you. Yeah, sounds good. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you to Catherine Getsky for joining Dr. G and Dr. C today on the Abstract Doctors Podcast. For more information on Catherine, visit katherinegetsky.com or hopefulcities.org. The Abstract Doctors is produced by The Abstract Athlete. For more information on podcasts, events, and subscription boxes, please visit theabstractathlete.com. And as always, follow us on social media platforms under The Abstract Doctors and The Abstract Athlete. The office is now closed, but join us for our next appointment soon.